This is Elise Bowman, the voice of Pan from Dragon Ball GT and the Dragon Ball video game. And this is Crap Anime. So you do uh, anime adventures, right? Yeah. So, so I've been doing anime adventures for several years, and that's where I interview anime voice actors and others in the Comic-Con world. So as I travel around to Comic-Cons and anime conventions, I do interviews, and I also release panels. And it's been so much fun. Oh, really? I kind of do what you do. Yeah. <laughs> you do other things too on your channel or what you both do but it's been so much fun i i love doing the interviews yeah so what's one one of your favorite um interviews that you've done what's one of the fa- your favorite yeah. interviews that you did uh with a, another voice actor oh goodness that's so hard to pick that's um. like <laughs> picking a favorite child or something <laughs> i think I'll, I'll say one of my favorite topics that comes up because I'm also a voiceover coach and so one of my favorite things to talk about with actors is the physicality of voice acting because I I guess I'm a very physical voice actor so if I go I and of course you can't see me but I do the motions in the (laughs) The hand slashes not full out (laughs) yeah (laughs) but like a miniature version and so I love asking actors about that and I'd say for the most part of the people I've interviewed everyone kind of gets into it and like Meredith McCoy and J. Michael Tatum and so many of the actors but I think the only I've only heard two actors say that they don't really have to be physical and one of them was Linda Young OG Frieza uh-huh. and she said no I just picture it in my mind and I don't move but then I was sitting next to her when she said that and when she was doing you know, Frieza's voice, which I can't even pretend. <laughs> she, her whole body shook. And so I was like, okay, well, you may not like, ah, and right. put out your hand, but, your but you feel it in your soul. So it's fascinating to me to hear how actors do the physical part. So it's a favorite topic of mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and here we go. I lay this trap card face down. This is the real anime podcast. We bring traps to the anime, and I am token day. I am strong arm. This is the trap anime. We always in the trap room with anime and rap room. My arms stay strong, grabbing tokens while I lap. The Sagon when I snap, I doken when I tap. If you're looking for some trap anime, then here's your map. We always in the trap room with anime and rap room. My arms stay strong, grabbing tokens while I lap. The Sagon when I snap, I doken when I tap. If you're looking for some trap anime, then here's your map. Here's your map, here's your map, here's your map. Hmm. We gotta wait a little bit because we got this commercial break about to come up. So, uh, hold your horses. Welcome to Trap Anime, everyone. My name is Strong Arm. This your boy, Token Day. And today we have a special guest today. We are here with the voice of none other than Pan from Dragon Ball GT, Miss Elise Bowman. Woo! Yeah! Woo. <laughs> so excited to be here. 
here. We're so excited to have you here on on the podcast. I'm, it's been such a long time. I've been trying to have you on for such a long time, and <laughs> we finally got you. We finally have you on here because I'm I'm not gonna lie. I I admire what you do. Yeah, I admire what you do because you because you because you're in, interviewing all the voice actors. And I love that. Like I, I've watched your page for a while now, and some of the voice actor uh, interviews that you do are amazing. And some of the stuff that I learned from them is really cool. Oh yeah, like tone and projection. You know, <laughs> we're trying to work on all that with the uh, the mics and everything like that. So I mean, you're a testament to all that. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. I really appreciate it. So. We were talking about uh, anime adventures, right? Mm-hmm. And how long have you been doing anime adventures? So, since 2018, I officially launched in 2019, but at the end of 2018, that was my first interview. And it's so easy for me to remember because that's when I started doing conventions. I haven't been doing conventions forever, like a lot of my actor friends. Mm-hmm. And my first convention was. Rick Robertson, the voice of Deborah on Dragon Ball Z, and Nomi on Yu Yu Hakusho, and some other characters. And so he and I started doing conventions at the same time. And I remember thinking, I'm going to do a YouTube channel. And it, 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 there were two reasons. One, I was like, oh, I've got a camera and a microphone, and <laughs> I'm going to go for it. But then I also put a little more thought into it than that. And I thought, gosh, if I start doing these conventions as an actor, I'll have access to other actors and maybe get some insight and bring insight to anime fans that hopefully they may not hear other places. I mean, I would love for them to hear other places, but maybe I'll bring some unique insight to anime fans by talking to the actors. And so it kind of turned into more than I even expected, and I absolutely love doing it. And right now I've been on hiatus. I'm not sure when this episode will air, but within the next month or so from when we're having this conversation, I'm going to be launching season three. And I have so many interviews and panels to release. I am super excited about it. It's no, really can't wait. fun to <laughs> I'm excited to see him. And talk to actors. So, t- so um, I met you at first for the first time at KameaCon. And I brought you. I remember. <laughs> and I brought you the painting, and I was like, "Yeah, I made this, uh, you know, really cool pan painting for stuff." And I want to see if you do the interview with me. And next thing you know, here we are. It's like these cons are magical. I love going to the uh, anime cons and stuff, and meeting new people, meeting the voice actors, learning stuff from people, seeing the cosplays and stuff. What are some of your um, favorite things about going to the anime conventions? Oh, you're right. They are magical. And before I answer that question, I just have to give you a big shout out for that painting. I love it so much. It's displayed in my office at all times. And then I rotate some of my artwork. So occasionally when I'm doing videos, you'll see it in the background. Mm-hmm. So people just have to be on the lookout. But the conventions, they really, I mean, you said it. They're, they're magical. There's just this energy about it. It's just so exciting to come together with actors and artists and vendors and fans together for a common reason. And gosh, sometimes it feels like a family reunion when you come back and see artists and vendors 
and podcasters and YouTubers that you and actors that you see every year. So I absolutely love it. And I'm so glad I started doing conventions in 2018. I wish I would have been doing them even before then. But I sort of keep myself. I absolutely love going to the conventions. <laughs> okay. So I want to know growing up, growing up, what what um what made you um did you like anime? Did you were you into anime growing up or was it something that you kind of just fell into? I didn't really know about anime growing up. I loved animation. I was a huge fan of cartoons. And when I discovered anime, it was actually when I auditioned for Pan. And mm. I remember so I was doing improv at the time. I have an improv background and the way that I got my audition for Pan, it was after an improv show, I was performing and there was another troupe in town that had Mike McFarlane, voice of Master Roshi and Dragon Ball <laughs> director Chris Rager, you know, Hercule and oh, you know, they all do multiple characters of course and Right, <laughs> right, right. Just, that's just their, uh, um, you know, most popular. So a couple of people from our troupe and a couple of people from Mike and Josh and Chris's troupe went to eat Mike McFarlane was, was one of those and they were talking about I mean I called them cartoon voices at the time because I didn't know anime but they were talking about doing voices like oh, I want to do cartoon voices what are you talking about I want to audition and I auditioned for Pan miraculously got it that was my introduction to anime my introduction to Dragon Ball my really my introduction to voiceover work because I was trying like I was taking classes for voiceover work but I wasn't doing voiceover yet mm -hmm. and I still am blown away that I that I booked fans and that I got to be part of Dragon Ball and then other anime characters so and then of course I fell in love with Dragon Ball and other anime shows but that was really my introduction okay okay I got you I got you so what was that yeah, what was that interview them. like what was that interview like that audition like what was that so, audition oh <laughs> i remember so i have asthma and about twice a year like clockwork i get really bad bouts of asthma and it affects my voice and so i got a bout of asthma right before my audition but I, like i'm going to this audition I do not <laughs> care i am not gonna miss it so when i auditioned for pan i had a little bit more of a rasp than I normally do as a person and definitely for her character. And and I'll come back to what the audition was like, so it just reminds me. But uh, once I booked her and started recording, the rasp was gone. So I still did the higher voice, like, Grandpa! It was still in that higher register, but the rasp that I had in the higher register from the audition was gone. And so when I started recording, I went, oh gosh, I'm not, I'm going to lose my job. I'm like, okay, I, I think I'm going to keep my job. And so it's probably five or six episodes where I was went, okay, I think I'm in. And then, you know, 65 episodes later, it's pretty comfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, the actual audition, so Funimation, if you've ever heard actors back from Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT talk. Funimation was originally in a, a bank building. And so it's much smaller than their second building and then definitely where they are now. And so we had this small 
booth where we recorded and then there was an engineer and a director outside of that booth. And so they kind of explained what, they gave me a description of Pan and funny somebody was asking me if I had multiple voices or if that voice was just the first thing I thought of. And when they described Pan and described her, I mean, from what I remember, I just remember her being described as, you know, spunky, a martial artist, she fought, she loved her family. It was just kind of the voice that I thought of. Now, of course, like I said, I had wrath when that dropped, but um, that is what I thought of. And I'm sure she evolved a bit because that happens a little bit as you get to know the characters and actually I, I didn't know Dragon Ball at the time, or Dragon Ball GT, of course, or any of the Dragon Ball series at the time. So I'm sure it evolved a little bit as I got to know her, but that, that was the audition. So they had me read lines um, when I, I can't even remember how I found out because I, I got the audition through Mike and not my agent. Mm-hmm. But I do remember just being blown away that I booked it. I was so excited and I get... I get really excited, and you know me. I mean, I've you've seen me at conventions. I'm, I get really excited. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely was when I booked. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so what? Yeah. So what are some of the things that you hear all the time when fans come up to you and talk to you about Pan? Ooh. Well, if if people have kids. The girls definitely like, like, little girls like Pan because they see that she's, she's tough. Mm-hmm. And so they, I've had several little girls say, oh, she's my idol because I like, like seeing that tough side of her. And then I, I do have a lot of people talk to me who play the Dragon Ball card game, who, since she's powerful in the Dragon Ball card game, <laughs> we talk about that. Um, but I think this, that that idea that she's she's kind of well-rounded so what I mentioned earlier in the description that she's funky she's a fighter she is tough but she loves her family okay so it's kind of those those types of things uh, question uh, we know you were on uh, Budokai 3 we were wondering how was the voice work uh, going to a video game well so it's for video games because and you may know this but you know when we're doing anime shows we match flap so for somebody who, who doesn't know how it works we match flap for the anime show and so we'll take a line off the screen right now they have screens where we see the dialogue and then we look at a, a different monitor and we see the anime show and match flap but for video games a lot of times we're just matching the wave file so we're just matching the Japanese actor and trying to do about the same amount of time that the Japanese actor used to say the lines. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the tricky part. So, Budokai 3 and some of the other games, sometimes I would get called in to do a video game and they wouldn't tell me what it was. And I would do, sometimes I would know, but not always. And so I would leave and then they would announce the game later. So, wow. So it wasn't always easy to make the connection of oh when I was doing this line and these lines that goes with that video game. 
Okay, because we're going to ask you about Budokai 4. What's that? We're going to ask you about Budokai 4. You know, it's coming out soon. Oh, well, things that aren't released yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and then like when I did Dokkan Battle, I recorded it, but it had already been out and I tried to download it and play it because I knew Pan was out, but she wasn't voiced yet. Mm-hmm. Or she wasn't a, you know, her her character wasn't saying voice lines yet. And I couldn't tell when I could announce it because I didn't know if her lines were voiced yet. <laughs> and so one of my voiceover students, and I couldn't ever get to her as a player in the video game myself. And so finally one of my voiceover students was like, oh, I just, you know, played Pam. But <laughs> she was like, oh, I finally got Pam as a playable character and I heard your voice, so you're okay to announce it. Cause you know, agents and the video game company, the, all, all the people don't want you to say anything until it's officially out. So I probably announced it months and months too late, but <laughs> right. I want to say anything till she was official. Like I need it to be official before I say anything. I ain't want to spoil yeah. nobody. Don't want to spoil that. Don't want to <laughs> push no contract. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> but that seems. To, but I was um, listening to some of your uh, other interviews, and that seems to be um, a running thing, though, uh, with voice acting. Like you guys don't really know. What is what it's gonna be on until like the end, or if you got the official yes or no, and it's like it's like because I was listening to when you was talking to Josh Martin, he said he wasn't sure if he got the part of a uh, kid boo or not <laughs> until like he's like he thought he was still auditioning but after coming in three or four times. I'm like, dude. <laughs> so I'm like, I love that story so much. I've been on panels a lot with Chris Raker and Josh Martin, mm-hmm. and Chris loves to tell that story. Josh was in there he recorded four or five times thinking he's still audition. It was still audition. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that story. But yeah, so, so yeah, I mean so, sometimes I guess you don't know and at the time animation was just getting started. Direct they were figuring. I mean, you can hear Chris Abbott and Josh Martin and Chris Rager and all of those guys talk about that because they all started before I did. Right. Everything was new. They were still trying to figure it out. So it was, it wasn't as clear cut. Now I feel like we audition and our agents call and go, you have a booking or you have a callback where you are being called back to audition again for something. It's a little more clear cut, but back then, uh, maybe not so much. Mm, okay. Cause I think I was interviewing um, John John Gramillion, the voice of, um, mm-hmm. and he was telling me that um, that they would um, that some a lot of times they would um, not know if people would come back or not. He would say that people would go in really? and, and do the auditions, and that sometimes they wouldn't come back. So that's why certain people ended up playing that certain people like uh, Chris would end up playing like three or four roles on the same <laughs> show. Oh, interesting. See, I didn't even know that. 
Yeah, that was, that was something he told me, and I was like, oh, that's, that, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Why you got Chris Sabat playing four roles on Dragon Ball Z, then you got a couple roles over here, then a couple roles over here. Like, What's it called? Uh, Goku playing like thousands of characters, that background character. Right, the background like, character. <laughs> they never yeah. show back up. <laughs> but yeah, um, so let's um, let's let's um, talk about you. Where where are you originally from? I grew up in Louisiana. Louisiana. And then, yeah, and I went to college there. I actually majored in accounting, and I got my MBA. Mm-hmm. And thought I was going to go the corporate route, and then moved to the big city of Dallas. <laughs> and I was just going to stay there for a little, a little while, and move back home. And then kind of left Dallas, and so I stayed here. That's how, my short version. How do you like the Dallas heat? <laughs> he lives here, complains about it every year, and I'm like, well. I also don't want to move to the extreme cold, so I'm just going <laughs> to complain about it, but stay here. Right. right. <laughs> okay. I kind of prefer it, but at the same time, I don't prefer it. It's like, uh, it's, a, it's a real gray area. <laughs> we got to pick our battles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I've, I've lived in L.A. as an actor. I've lived here, and I've traveled everywhere, and Dallas is a great place. Lots of acting opportunities, so I love it. Really? So, Dallas, so would you say Dallas is like the, the voice acting hub? No, it's a great anime hub. Okay. But there are so many great markets for voice actors. You know, there's big ones like LA, New York, Chicago. Atlanta is a great place. I mean, there's. So, I I have a whole. Since I mentioned I'm a voice acting coach, I made a list, and there are 18 or more markets for voice actors. Mm-hmm. And those are that includes regional markets. Dallas is definitely great for anime since we're talking about anime. It is one of the anime hubs. It's not the biggest anime hub. Okay. So um, you mentioned that you're a voice actor. I mean, voice coach. I'm sorry. <laughs> voice coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how is it being a voice coach? How did that, how did that, how do you fit that into your busy schedule? Oh, well, I love it. I have been coaching something since I was 17. So becoming an acting coach and then I started with on-camera coaching and then voice acting coaching. It's so much fun. I I feel like I was lucky to have great coaches during my career for on-camera and voiceover. And so it's so great to be involved with actors and give back. And so I coach on breathing, the craft, so the actual acting. And in different areas, we go over anime scripts, animation, video games, corporate, commercial, so multiple genres, because I really believe to stay active and make a living as an actor, mm-hmm. you need to have multiple streams of income. So anime may be down, but maybe commercial work is up. Mm-hmm. And then I coach on the tools of acting. So I help people set up a home studio at different budget levels and you can get a home studio set up really inexpensively. And then I coach on the business of acting because that's so important too. And I coach, like I help people get a voiceover demo produced and then teach them how to submit to agents, how to submit for jobs on their own, whether they go the agent route or they don't, how to market themselves online with intention and how to do websites. So all of those different things. And then I also, I kind of geek out over full setting. So with both my group classes and private students, we talk about setting goals and actionable steps so that you're always moving. I always want them to be making 
forward moving progress on their careers. And so to your point of how is it and how do you fit things in, I I set I set my own goals and, and actionable steps and it, it just works well. Like I find that I can make time for my voice acting career, my on-camera career, my YouTube channel and coaching. Now sometimes it's hard because I have a family and and family is so important to me. It's definitely the faith and family are the most important and I have a little kiddo and and so I have to keep that first and then juggle the other things so I don't always get to everything (laughs) okay I understand yeah but I love coaching (laughs) so do you have any um, students that's gone off to do voice acting that we might know of a lot of my students are starting from scratch Mm-hmm. And we are in the process, which I love. And so we are starting at the point where, and here's one of my favorite stories with this. I had a student who said he had been doing voices all his life and didn't think he could ever become a voice actor, but he had wanted to. And then he went into the military and then got out of the military and he was still like mid to late 20s and finally went, why not me? If other people can do it, why not me? And so he started studying with me and it's producing his demo and still making those first steps. But it's still one of my favorite stories because I feel like, yeah, if I can do it, other people can do it. Why not you? Why not somebody who's interested in it? Mm-hmm. So I end up working with a lot of beginners who are either start their young and starting or they're making a career change i've worked with somebody even in her 60s who wanted to make a career change and just was unhappy with what she was doing so we are still in that process of they've done big things and done commercials and maybe not anime that you've heard of but big jobs and it makes it kind of even more impressive that they've gone from zero to getting a demo produced to getting an agent to submitting themselves and then all of a sudden done a Samsung national I can't remember the exact client but like some national commercial or um, let's see somebody just booked a project that I'm on two students actually Uh, so yeah things that you have heard of maybe not like a Dragon Ball character Mm -hmm. I'd have to really think through that no, but they made such great progress in a, a short amount of time. Right. So yeah. Giving them the tools to get to where they need to be. Yes. Yeah, and just getting set up with home studio. Because I think that's one thing when people are getting started, they think it's going to be super expensive and thousands of dollars. And there are great microphones, like one microphone, the AT2020. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a USB version that you can just plug into your computer and go. And there's also an XLR version that requires an interface. Mm-hmm. But both of them are inexpensive. And then, you know, you wait for Amazon Prime Day or you wait for Black Friday and get an even better deal. Right. You can get set up pretty inexpensively and you're good to go. And then hang out in your closet and <laughs> all of your clothes for soundproofing and you've got pretty good sound. Right. People think that you have to have this top of the line uh, equipment to 
do a podcast or record or whatever all whatever you need really all you need is a quiet room and a decent microphone and they're pretty cheap nowadays like even the microphone on our 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 phones and on our headsets and stuff those are pretty up to date and 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 above standard so it's like you can still get a pretty decent sound from a mediocre microphone so you don't have to get the five hundred dollar uh, uh hangs uh microphone or some boost microphone you can just get the 75 dollar microphone that's built for noise cancellation and stuff like that yeah well and then i always and this is the x account that's coming out on me that i coming out in me but i talk about like return on investment wait start with whatever budget you have and then when you start earning money build up. upgrade if you even need to but upgrade when you see that you're making money from voiceover or on-camera work but don't go spend a lot because what if you don't even want to pursue it long term but get if you do something. you can spend money later but that eight i can't remember the exact price the audio it's the audio technica 2020 i got mine I don't use that exact one in my studio, but I did get it for my Zoom calls, and I think it was, the USB was 99, and I think it's come down to 59 or something. It is crazy cheap. Yeah, I know I, know I got mine on a Black Friday sale for like 75. <laughs> yeah. And it's awesome. So it's, it's, it's versatile. It's exciting that you can, with that. I was saying, in mine, it's awesome. It's versatile. You can plug it into a computer or plug it into an interface. That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, let's talk about, um, oh, did you have a question? Oh, I was going to ask, uh, I know since you're from Louisiana, uh, what's some of your favorite, uh, dishes? <laughs> well, I, ironically, my favorite dishes are Mexican food and steak, uh, because I came from the Northeast part of Louisiana, not okay. from Cajun country, and I do love me some Cajun food. Don't get me wrong, but... <laughs> people think that I grew up on Cajun food and I only had Cajun food if we went to a Cajun restaurant. So I love muffalettas. <laughs> I did not cook Cajun food. It was more just Southern food. Okay. You said that, that's why you came to Texas. You said I like <laughs> that Tex-Mex boy. You said I like the Yeah, so it's like, All right, so let's see. Uh, before we get out of here, let's do a little um, this or that. So, oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so I'm gonna do a little a couple of this is or that, and you can tell me what what you prefer. <laughs> okay. Oh goodness, these are hard. <laughs> All right, let's start off with when it comes to your anime, subbed or dubbed? Dub. Sub? Really? No, she said dub. Oh, I thought she, she said, said sub. She said dub. Oh, no. No, I'm <laughs> I'm about to say, wow, I thought that was going to be a given. <laughs> I'm glad I clarified. <laughs> I would hate for that to be uh, misinterpreted. <laughs> You're like, I don't like none of those voice actors. I like all sub. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna listen to only Jap- only like the Japanese voice actors. They were good. They were better. <laughs> like whoa. <laughs> okay. Um, steak or lobster? Steak. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Mexican food, steak. <laughs> the 80s or the 90s? Oh. Let's go 90s. Yes. 90s, okay. <laughs> Winners! <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Alright, let's... That's pretty much... That's pretty good. I mean, we... we it, Oh, also, I forgot. You do um, you do yeah. some um, you do uh, interpretations on your uh, on your uh, channel. I do. So I want to hear a couple of your interpretations. I want to hear some of your best interpretations. Oh, are you meaning when I copy other actors? Mm-hmm. Other voice actors oh, and I stuff. Usually, I usually have to have them there. <laughs> you gotta have them. And I just mimic. Okay. Um, Cause you did a uh, what was that Chi Chi? You did. I, I, I heard the Chi Chi. I heard uh, Lucy. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Like um, when I tried, I've tried to do Linda's version of Frieza. You stupid monkey! <laughs> see, that doesn't sound anything like her because I don't do deep voices. Oh, Bulma's mom. She did a good Bulma's mom. Oh, and I did, um, I don't want to yell, and I, I would do Goku. I love hearing Cynthia Kranz yell Goku, but I did her Mrs. Uh, Brief voice. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my, you're so handsome. Yeah, that one was and, really good. <laughs> see, I'm better when I listen to and them. then repeat right afterwards. If I want to do an I, I'm really not an impersonator. Like mm -hmm. Rick Robertson does about 100 impersonations. Somebody count it. So <laughs> I'm really not an impersonator. impersonator. And that's why I don't mind trying. Cause I'm like, if it's terrible, that'll be funny. If right. it's great, then that'll be lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't mind if it's terrible. I'm trying to think. I'm willing to try. Uh, who else? Let's see. Can you do uh, Stephanie? Stephanie Nadali, the Gohan? I was just at a convention with her. Uh, what is something that Gohan says? I just tried to copy her. Uh, uh, I can't think of what she says. Right. <laughs> like, can never think of, of it on, on top of your head. Uh, dad, uh, <laughs> don't hurt my dad. Something like that. Um, Something yeah. like that. <laughs> don't hurt my dad. <laughs> that like don't hurt my dad. Right. But those are fun. It actually started just at the end of my YouTube videos. I, we were saying bye in a character voice, in their character voice. And then I kept getting either comments or direct messages about it. And so, and people were requesting it. Probably more direct messages than public comments. And so I was like, oh, okay, this is a thing. And so I started doing sports. I either do a shorts or reels or TikTok videos and mm -hmm. man I probably have 20 that I still need to release from different conventions so more to come on that <laughs> okay I can't wait till, till you uh, get some more out yeah so whether you follow me I'll release them on all platforms so whether people follow me on TikTok IG or YouTube I'll release them soon yeah, those are always fun to see. I always like to see other voice actors impersonate other voice actors. 
It's so fun. Um, do you have any upcoming uh, conventions? Like they're low. I can't do them. Huh? Uh, do you have any upcoming conventions? Let's see. I just did one. I did anime uh, population anime con this past weekend, and I think I'm taking July off because we have a lot of family activities. And so my next one is in Oregon, and I'm excited. It's my first convention in Oregon, Powerhouse Comic Con. Okay. And then yeah, I mean I've got like. I believe two in August. A couple of oh man, I'd have to check my schedule. I've got one in Fort Worth. I've got um, Ultra Con in Florida in August. I've got Caltown Comic Con at the end of September. So some good ones coming up. Busy, busy, busy. So when it comes, I love them. so when it comes to uh, the cons, do you do they invite you or do you kind of ask them if they want you to come? They invite us for our agents. Okay. So I, I know that you can reach out to conventions, and there have been one or two that I've reached out to. And then fans can request us too. So nobody wants to see me. Uh, you can just reach out to them on the website. But mostly the way that I've been booked, I don't know how it works for other actors, honestly, but. People will either contact us directly on social media or I have several different websites and people have contacted me through my contact form. <coughs> and then I have two agents right now who will book me with other actors. A couple of different ways. That's a good question. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all my questions. Do you got any more questions, Tom? Nah, I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be well, this was it. fun. I enjoyed it. That was good question. Right. We mm-hmm. try. We try. <laughs> yeah, some good answers. <laughs> all right. I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Um, you guys, don't forget to um, follow us on Instagram at Trap Anime Podcast. Uh, don't forget to follow Elise Bowman and and uh, Anime Adventures. Uh, what's the tag for that? Yeah, so YouTube is at Anime Adventures, and then social media is at Adventures Anime, and then you can find me everywhere at Elise Summit. Okay. And my coaching is EliseCoaches.com. Okay, and do you you have a class coming up, don't you? Yeah, I just finished one, and then I'll probably do my next one around actually go to elisepitches.com and find it'll take you to my website where you can sign up for the waiting list and I'll email people if they're interested in joining but I also always post it on my social media you kind of broke up when you said the date what date was that well I haven't set the date yet so oh, okay. probably in the August September time frame okay for your next class yeah and we have fun we just kind of can I tell actors it's it's playtime it's time to experiment so <laughs> yeah if anybody is interested you can also ask me questions through the contact form on my website okay awesome i might have to get into that class oh yeah is it uh, yeah. online or oh, I'd love to have is it online or, or we uh, go meet up or oh that's a good question it's on zoom zoom so okay my group classes are over zoom and they're usually six weeks and then private classes are over Skype audio. Okay. Okay. 
Awesome. Yeah, and then I have an advanced class too. So once people go through that initial class, if they want to continue studying, there's an option for them to, for actors to take on going. Awesome. All right, guys. Yeah. This, this has been fun. Oh, yeah, we learned a lot. This was fun. Thank <laughs> you for having me. Thank you for, for being on the podcast. All right, guys. And we are out of here. Yo.